Jam Jam, Jamil Curry here from Era Viper Running, and welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. Yeah, some crazy times right now. We're having to dig deep and do what we can. It's just like running a long ultra. It sometimes gets worse before it gets better, but if you power through, I I know I'm not going to DNF this race, and I'm going to get to that finish line. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. A great cause. Oh, thanks, man. I respect the shit out of that, man. So, if you keep doing what you do, it, man. Keep inspiring. And that was a moment I, I can look back on now. And uh, that was one of my favorite moments, getting a foot massage by Hayden at mile 62. This is um, a fan of yours, and I'm just calling in to express my admiration. It's Dean Carnassus, the ultra marathon man. Hello, listeners. This is Chris Mako, and we are live. And you're listening to Training for Ultra podcast. This is Anime Flynn, and I'm here talking to Training for Ultra podcast. Yeah, it's like really, I just need to catch up with Rob. 100 miles is not that far. <laughs> I, I thought oh. it was a joke, actually. It, it is. I thought it was one of your jokes, yeah. It is a joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so classic. <laughs> Oh my God, because literally thing would be like beep, 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 mother, mother, beep, mother, mother, beep, beep, mother, beep, mother, beep, 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 beep. One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Training for Ultra Podcast. I'm Sally McRae, also known as Yellow Runner. Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Speed Goat, and I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra Podcast. Welcome to episode 130 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name is Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra, and we have a great episode, pretty sobering talk with Jamil Curry, founder, CEO of Era Vipa Running. He does Run Steep, Get High. He also does Mountain Outpost and also does Freak Brothers Pizza. Uh, we talk about current state of affairs, honestly, within his realm and you know, he's very open and honest about it. Really appreciate his conversation. If you are thinking about supporting a local restaurant and you're in the Phoenix area, Freak Brothers Pizza does deliver. You'll hear more about that. He also will hear more about Aravipa Strong, which is a virtual race that he is putting on to support, you know, his staff and, um, this, I think, will help motivate you possibly, and and as long as you guys are all safe while you do this, this could be really fun. And so, yeah, I'm hugely supportive of it. Destination Trail is is obviously a big sponsor of this podcast. You know, if, if they end up putting on a virtual race, I would hugely support that also. Because um, Candace Burt and her team, I know she has staff, and I want to do whatever I can to support some of the best races in the world during this tough financial time. And so I am going to give away two Aravipa Strong virtual race entries. And this is going to happen within the next two days. I will give details on Patreon. So for $1 a month or more, all you guys are going to be in for a possible free entry into the virtual race. So I appreciate you guys. I should mention um, that tier level, Richard Murray, David Cobert, Meg Collins, Ray Simmons, Brian Sands, Todd Arnold, Pat Patterson. You guys are awesome support right now. You 
you know, help make all this work. So thank you guys. And now I'll be able to hopefully support Air Viper, but then also give back to you guys since you've supported me so much. I'm also planning on a few pizza purchases uh, for Freak Brothers Pizza here soon. But yeah, again, thank you to Destination Trail, Candice Burt. I know her Arizona FKT on the Arizona Trail kind of fell through because she wasn't even sure if certain sections would be open. She's obviously concerned for her kids and timing on that. So thinking of her and her staff, a you know, big thank you to Kogala. It's an awesome light. You know, it, I think they even support Air Vipa. They also support Destination Trail in a lot of cases. So if you're looking for an awesome, you know, super bright light for those early mornings, late nights, check it out. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Big thank you to Hammer Nutrition. I'll be drinking a ton of Perpetuum, probably second half of the year, but um, love their gels. I'm taking their multivitamins right now. I think it's vital to make sure you're staying healthy, um, not missing out on anything if you're not as active as you normally are. But feel free to use my promo code, referral code 252888 for 15% off your first order there. Big thank you to Exoskin. I'll end this with uh, Croy from Exoskin. Gave him his little spot there, but appreciate you guys. Hopefully enjoy the episode. Stay safe out there. You know, it's not worth it to, you know, risk it. So be really smart, be safe, enjoy your training if you can, and hopefully you find some inspiration. Check out Aravipa Strong Virtual Race coming up here mid-April. Thanks, guys. Hey, everybody. This is Croy from Exoskin. I just want to thank Rob for giving us the chance to uh, come out and talk to you directly. Uh, you've been hearing Rob talk about our products since he ran Moab 240 in our socks and sleeves in 2018. And the thing I'll leave with you is Exoskin will keep you comfortable regardless of the type of event, the conditions you're running in. So it's one less thing to worry about or focus on where you put our stuff on and you don't have to, you can focus on your event. We stand behind every product with 30 day money back guarantee. So essentially, you can try our products risk-free. If you don't like them, we'll give you a full refund. I'm joined here by a friend of the show, Jamil Curry. I've done tons of Air Viper races, and it's just a pleasure to get to hear more about Jam Jam, hear what he's up to, hear about what Air Viper's you know, going through right now and how they're going to get through this. Jam Jam, Jamil, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Rob. It's great to be on again. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been a while. I mean, we, we talked in person at Across the Years. Last person standing, I think, was the first time we've actually run next to each other at all at some point. Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, for just a few laps there. I, I mean, I was blown away at how like focused and determined you were. I mean, I, I've watched so many of your videos on YouTube. And I watch Mountain Outposts all the time. And I like getting to actually run with you was a totally different experience because your level of patience was like off the charts. And it was just, it was a really unique experience. So I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, starting that race at Across the Years. 
yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun. I didn't quite know what to expect, but I loved that format and that it really is all about patience. And for me, I mean, I don't know if we're going to go into that experience much, but it was really interesting because the race didn't really even start until after the first 24 hours, the first 100 miles, Mm -hmm. all, all of us were just trying to get to a hundred. And then as soon as that happened, all these games started being played. Like people are saying all this stuff and kind (laughs) of like trying to get into each other's heads. Like, Hey, don't you have a flight to make? Or like all this, it was really funny and super interesting format for the sport that is exciting. It's not you know, your standard ultra, um, experience of just get to that finish line. It's, uh, the mental games are fun and I, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to do more of those. I mean, if I have the opportunity, you know, I'm going to be there again. I thought the organize the organization of that race was just off the charts. The technology to be, to be keeping track of so many different races all at the same time was amazing you know, the setup is just so ideal. I have yet to go to one of your races and not been just like blown away. And I've, I've been fortunate to experience Black Canyon, Havelina, across the years. I mean, I think that's most of them. Hopefully a few, yeah. a few new ones in the future. So, but yeah, that, that format scared me probably more than most formats. Cause, uh, it's what, Every 15 minutes, I think we had, we had 15 minutes to do one mile and it's just like, yeah, it's, keep going. Yeah. Slightly over one mile and you have to start every 15 minutes. So on average, we'd come in after a loop in anywhere from 10 to 13 minutes. So you'd have three to one minute to get a drink of water or sit in a chair and then you're off again. So barely have time to catch your breath really. And you got to time those bathroom breaks. That was, that was key. That was what scared me. Honestly, (laughs) (laughs) you you can't have uh, a bad time at all throughout the entire thing. So that was cool. It was fun. And hopefully I'll, I'll make it to another one of those events. Um, so I mean, how, how is Aravipa your, what kind of owner CEO? I don't think you're the race director at this point for any of your races. You have a bunch of people working for you. I mean, how is current state of affairs with uh, you know all this COVID nineteen shutdown taking place? You know, we can't have groups of people, which are what races are, take place. Like, how how are you guys handling it? How are you holding up personally? Yeah, great questions. Um, I mean, it's the most pivotal time in our company's history right now, you know, and it's unprecedented for everyone in the world, of course. And, um, you know, what we're going through is severe. Um, obviously, there's, I think, many more things to be worried about beyond just like our businesses, like people's lives is, I think, a huge part of this whole thing, of course. But um, yeah, for us specifically, um, you know, I started my company kind of in the right after kind of the last downturn in the economy, 2009. Um, but I didn't really have much to lose then. I was just, you know, a couple years out of college, just kind of, you know, I didn't really pay myself anything just starting out. So it wasn't really a big deal. I didn't really feel any effects from the, the downturn. 
Um, but now there's a lot at stake for me and my employees and my company. You know, we employ around 12 people full time, uh, their full time income. There's another 20 part time. And some of those, it's their only source of income. Some of those, they have a second job. So Aravipa is just kind of for fun. They get, you know, some, some great perks like free race entries. They get to be part of the Aravipa family and they get to earn a little extra income, you know, marking trail or setting up for a race, which just gets you outdoors. So, um, what we've built is super exciting and, uh, we're an events-based business and events are canceled. So we're taking, we've taken a massive hit, you know, we've built up an infrastructure. We have a pretty big overhead that produces these high quality events all over the country. Some, some of the biggest ultras in North America, we've got the biggest hundred miler in terms of finishers. We have the biggest hundred K by far. We've got, I think the largest calendar of any group in the U S. So we're putting events on every two weeks and we operate on this rolling basis. And for us to lose, not only have to, we've canceled seven events so far, we've shut down registration for, I think the next 15 races Wow. Just because of the uncertainty and, wow. and the, you know, no one's signing up for fall events right now because no one knows what's going on. So, you know, we essentially our our revenue source, the faucet has been completely closed off and we can't even really in good faith recognize the revenue for later in this year just because we don't know what's going to happen. So, um, but we have, you know, people to pay and I really don't want to lay people off if I can help it. Um, so that's kind of the, it's a pretty dire situation for us. Um, I mean, but it's a challenge that you know, I fully accept and I, I fully intend to succeed through this. So um, my head is on my shoulders. Um, I know that there's a lot of work to be done and we've been, you know, hitting the ground running, so to speak. And fortunately, we've planted some other seeds over the years in our company. We're not just 100% events, you know, that's a large portion of what we do, but with some of the stuff that I do on the media side and, and through videos and through some of our, uh, Aravipa artworks, which is our awards and t-shirt printing division, we've got some other ways to shift. And honestly, it's, I don't, it's a bit of a blessing in disguise because those are areas that I've wanted to put more time into. And I know that they're exciting. Like there's a lot of cool things we could do with our talents. Like the, I think the level we put in of attention and detail we put into our events, if we had the time to put into these other things, we could really make them something awesome. And we have time now. So that's what we're doing is we're, we're just diving straight into all that stuff and, and trying to create something new that we can appeal to the broad audience around the world, not just at a physical location during an event. So that's kind of the state of the company and, and what we're doing. Um, you know, most of our staff is working from home right now. Um, there's just a you know, couple of us that come into the office to um, maintain things, like if I need to film a video here. Um, but yeah, pretty much most people are remote at this point. I, I appreciate you being so honest with that answer. And it's the reason I reached out to you, I mean, honestly, between Destination Trail and Era Vipa, I mean, 
I used to get the most common question was, how do you do it all? Like, how do you manage your time from people? And I would say right next to that is what race do you recommend? And it's like, you know, very easy for me to, to recommend two race companies that I truly believe in. And Aerovipe is 100%, you know, one of those. And that's just I appreciate through, that. Yeah, I mean, it's just through... I mean, I, I love your video content and I know that you basically, well, can I ask you, I mean, do you make any money on YouTube? Because I've found it incredibly frustrating as a, I don't know, you know, hobbyist type uh, YouTube producer. I mean, the revenue streams are almost nil. I mean, even for your biggest, you know, type viral video you know it's like i mean is that a source of real income for your company so it's it's a piece it's a small piece it it's not going to save our company um, by any means but it it can help contribute um and in the past it's been yeah very low almost nothing like uh you know a, a few hundred dollars a month um but i pay video i have actually three different video editors I work with in varying degrees. Some, you know, one just only edits the news show each week. And basically my Patreon covers that editor. So, you know, I essentially don't, I don't personally really pull in anything from that show. I just, what's, what's that? It's building the brand, but at the same time, it's not producing any kind of profit. But Um, I'm also like incredibly thankful for our Patreon people because that does it literally keeps the show alive every week because oh, i'm yeah. able to like i wouldn't be able to curate script film and edit the show if i can have the editing piece taken care of that can we can keep it going um but yeah as far as the other stuff you know it was a hun- couple hundred a month um and now i've been hitting it hard in the last two months mm-hmm. um and i've grown it but like it's you know, I mean, I've been on YouTube for, I've been really been pushing hard for, I think, four years now on Run Steep Get High. Like four years of, I put out hundreds of videos and out so, and most of those were edited by myself. And I mean, I've now hit the point where I've, I'm now at a couple thousand a month in ad revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is now like, you know, probably barely covering what I'm paying for people to edit. So it's still like just the memory space for all the yeah, video and that, yeah, if you add in the equipment, <laughs> if you add in the equipment, it doesn't even, we're not even close. Like yeah, exactly. we're talking about, yeah, thousands of dollars of cameras and editing computers. I just had to invest in more computers for my editors. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of a losing proposition. Um, but you know, it's fun and keeps people motivated. And I, yeah, I do hope in the grand scheme of things, it, it does help, with the promotion of everything that we do. Um, it's something I'm definitely committed in and, and yeah, I think at some point, like if you can grow beyond the level where you're at it, you know, maybe someday it can pay dividends. Um, what I, what I challenge you to do is, is produce one video charge 99 cents and throw it on Amazon. Um, and maybe it's a Aravipe, a strong support type video. And people can enjoy the content, of course, but, Mm. you know, also the revenue stream will be about a hundred times more than YouTube. So 
I, I just because I know you're doing you're putting out a show or have you done anything yet or is that something that's coming out soon? Yeah, I, uh, Ryan Clayton and I teamed up, but you know I had to take all the risk on of of you know taking care of travel for for Ryan mm-hmm. uh, for ten days of videography, and that doesn't yeah. include the time to edit all of this, and so it's like. I'm trying to crack the mold of of just giving away content for free um, and having yeah. people just donate when they feel like it because I think that model, you know, it, it's kind of offensive to people like Ryan Clayton that are super talented or yourself even. You know how long it takes to edit a video. I mean, and to make a few hundred bucks for like, you know, slaving away on a video for a week it just doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) So I feel like the community can all pitch in 99 cents to watch a half an hour of you running around Western States or wherever, you know, like it's worth it to me to pay 99 cents. And then the quality of our content will get better because we can actually invest in the correct equipment, the right video editors with software. Like it just will grow on itself. Um, So I throw that out there. But cool. yeah. interesting. Yeah, my the TV series will just cover the triple crown of 200s from last summer. So it'll be seven nice. TV episodes yet. Um so I want to take a step back and and well actually, you know, let's go into Air Viper Strong. I mean, what is this? Sure. Where did where did this idea come from? Is this the first time you've done a virtual race before? Uh, yeah. So the, the idea really is, you know, we're, we were faced with the postponement of, you know, a lot of our a huge amount of our calendar. I mean, we just don't know how long this is going to last. It could be three, four, five, six, seven months. Who knows? Um, we just don't know when we're going to be able to gather in a group again. And so we wanted to do something that could motivate people and they could have it on their calendar. We could get together remote, like, you know, wherever we're at in the world and come together as an Aravipa community. Cause we do reach people from all over the world. We have many States represented at a lot of our races. So Havelina, black Canyon across the years, just do something that everyone could get involved with that people could, you know, still earn, not only earn a finisher award and get a t-shirt, but they could also compete for creativity awards. There's going to be podium awards and just something to be a positive light uh, and then the secondary purpose, obviously, is, you know, to pull in some revenue for us, um, directly support our hourly workers that work in Aravipa Artworks. So our mm-hmm. Artworks crew, they have been, we've been building up, you know, not only making awards in-house, but even a lot of other race companies have been using us now for podium awards. We were providing all the podium awards for Mad Moose events in Utah and Colorado, for this past year, we just did the Bend Marathon medals up in Oregon. Mm-hmm. We've done many for some race companies in Nebraska. So, but essentially, you know, that completely dried up. So we had no orders, and I was faced with like telling my people, like, "Hey, sorry, I got nothing for you." But yeah, um, we wanted to do something where we could make everything in house. So every single thing you're getting for Aravipa Strong from the t-shirts to the hats, to the hoodies that people order to the, we now have a hundred mile belt buckle. We've got the medals. We've got these premium awards, which are beautiful. They've been created in house by our design team. 
all of the ideas for the event has been made in-house, and then all of this product is going to be made in-house. So we're laser cutting and assembling the metals. We're printing all the T-shirts, which is not something we've done a lot yet. It's very new for us. but mm-hmm. So it's like directly supporting the Aravipa family, and that's what Aravipa Strong is all about. It's about coming the idea of coming together and enjoy, doing what we enjoy and also supporting, and then we're also donating uh, 10% of the entry proceeds to go to the COVID relief uh, fund, the solidarity fund. So That's awesome. I think it's just a you know, positive from all ends. And yeah, we're trying to reach as many people as we can uh, to join to join in on this. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to take part in it. I'm trying to strategize how to get my kids involved also. So I might sign my son up for the 5K because I think... Cool. I mean, he's like five right now. I think it's reasonable. Gives, you know, me and him a good excuse to get out and go run and hike and get out for an yeah, hour totally. probably. And, it'll, you know, he'll actually have a physical medal that comes in the mail and a bib. And it's just, it'll be a cool experience to share with him. And then Training for Ultra is, you know, the podcast is going to purchase two race entries from you. And I'm going to give those away to the listeners not sure how yet, but I, I definitely want to support this effort. And I highly recommend the listener going on the website, checking this out. How much does it cost and, and what distance options are there? Yeah, so it's $49. Um, 10% of that will go to the charity fund. Um, shipping is included domestically in the U.S., so okay. it's that's Makes the all-in price. Um, I think Arizona, we have to charge tax, but that's you know just for Arizona listeners. Um, and then, yeah, you get uh, a race bib, you get the Aravepa Artworks finisher medal, you get a t-shirt, um, cool. then you can add on additional things on top of that. But yeah. And then we're going to be doing some, you know, this isn't just like get your stuff and then run. You can choose your, when you want to go run, um, but you have a week to do it. So you can fit it into your schedule. We recommend people do it alone. Don't run in groups. Um, but we're going to be doing some, a lot of content during race week. We're going to be doing probably, um, some live streams of, of us doing it like people on our staff. And then we do a post show where we announce all of the awards. We've got some really cool creativity awards as well. Um, like best video, best dance, best costume, things like that. I think, I think a kid's category makes a ton of sense. If Mm, that's a good idea possible, um, watch out, Ben is going to be throwing it down for the 5k. So if your five-year-olds like, yeah, you have, you have a little guy, right? He's he's three or four. Yeah, he's, he's four. Yeah. Four. Okay. Um, yeah, four. So I'll be getting him out. I'm sure. So Ben will at least take second place so far. Um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I don't know about that. We'll see. But yeah, definitely check it out. I'll, I'll leave a link in the show notes. And, you know, I, I want to support Aravipa. Obviously, I'm hoping, uh, you know, there's a few other race organizations that come up with this idea so their course supporters can do this too. Um, but I know what high quality races you put on, Jamil, and I know what a positive influence you have for the entire ultra running community around the world. And I want to do anything I can to support you uh, over the next year. So let yeah, me know whatever you. Training for Ultra can do for you. I, I honestly um, yeah, don't mind helping out. So 
Yeah, but yeah, that's a great point. I think other, I mean, I would encourage other race organizers to do something similar, you know, rally your base and do something that's interesting for them. Um, I know that I run far, even though they don't organize races, they're doing uh, Operation Inspiration. It's a virtual race coming up. Um, Mad Moose is doing one coming up that we're actually making. Awesome, by the way. Yeah, so we're actually, it's very cool because we're going to be making the medals for theirs. So, which is really awesome. But yeah, I hope other race directors follow suit as well. And uh, yeah, hopefully it's a good way to tide us all over. If I end up putting on a race, uh, a virtual race, I will reach out to you to, you know, hopefully sign your, uh, your art guys on to do some cool design work and and the medals and everything. I'll go through you. Um, we'll, we'll talk afterwards about that. Um, Sounds great. So let's shift gears. And again, check out the show notes for a link to Air Viper Strong. Highly recommend it. And I'll give away two race entries that Training for Ultra is going to purchase. Um, let's shift gears. Jamil, have you always just been a gifted runner? Like, has that always just come naturally to you? Because I've seen you run. I, I first saw you in person at Hard Rock in 2017. And I know we had been communicating. I think your crew, someone on your crew couldn't make it. And it's kind of like last second type stuff. But um, seeing you out there, seeing you in a bunch of different races, have you always just felt good running? Or, I mean, how'd this all start? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's maybe a bit of a mixed story. Um, yeah, I started running in high school. So I tr- I really, I love being active and like getting involved in whatever activity I'm in. So growing up, I was in Boy Scouts. Um, that was kind of my first love of the outdoors and being physically active was just exploring and hiking and I love getting involved. So I wanted to join a high school sport. So I tried out for, of all things, the golf team. My mom was a golfer growing up, so (laughs) she kind of pushed us into golf like I went to golf school but I was wasn't the the greatest man (laughs) really yeah so like I don't know you don't think of like a high school sport being golf like anyways it exists I uh so tried out did not make it wasn't good enough I played soccer growing up but then like kind of non-competitive side of things so tried out for the soccer team got cut from that I was like dang it I want to do a high school sport and so Come springtime, there's track. And track, as long, at least at my school, things may have changed. If you show up and you do the work, they won't cut anyone that just keeps showing up. So I was able to join and I got filtered into the long distance program, which is, you know, the 800, the mile, the two mile. And it was a love hate relationship for me. I loved i think the training and i loved the feeling after a hard workout and a hard race but i also hated during the race because it was so hard i would just push myself so hard i think after every 800 meter race i ran i would throw up probably a combination of bad diet and (laughs) pacing strategy maybe i don't know um but yeah it was uh i would just push myself so hard and so I wasn't anything spectacular in high school. I was never the top runner on my team, even through cross country. I made it to state, I think, one year, but not not at the top seed or anything like that. There was one time we had a, a course, I think it was at Papago Park here in 
Phoenix area, which is really notoriously hilly and it's on trails exclusively. A lot of our courses would be on canal paths or a grassy park or something. But yeah, this one that had a really steep climbs in it and it was all trail. I I placed third in the meet and that was the best I did. And which is funny because I think it was just directly correlated with like I do better than average on a tougher course. And so that kind of was my guiding light, I guess. And yeah, once I graduated high school, I didn't run for the collegiate team, wasn't fast enough, but just started running more and more on my own and eventually kind of got in with the local trail runners here in Phoenix and kind of took it from there. And so were you trail running for quite some time before you started race directing or did the two kind of blossom together or tell me how era viper was born yeah so i think i ran a road half marathon and then kind of got involved in the arizona road racers and quickly found out about these low-key trail runs that people were organizing there was one called the tonto fun run and it was a 25-mile loop north of Phoenix, near Cave Creek. This big, crazy mountain loop that didn't get much traffic, so you get cut up by these cat claw that's overgrowing the trail, and it's 6,000 feet of climb. And I think I was, like, the third person to come in after the loop. So, like, did pretty well, even though it was just a fat-ass style run. Mm-hmm. And I just got hooked. I was like, you know, my knees hurt, and I was bleeding, and I was exhausted, but I was also completely in love with it. So that kind of helped spark my interest in trail running in general. And after that, I just couldn't get enough of it. I was running every week with the local group. They called themselves the Wednesday morning running club, WMRC. They would meet at five fifteen, do a one hour trail run year round. So in the winter, it was completely in the dark by headlamp. And it was just a, a super old school, close knit group of people that I'm super thankful for. And so that was around 2005. And I ended up running my first ultra in 2005. And, you know, as soon as I did my first ultra, I was hooked, just like I was hooked my first big trail run. And I I knew that this was my thing. Like, this is what I want to do. And I want to kind of devote my life to this. This is, this is who I am. And this is like, yeah, this is everything for me. So started running more races, getting as involved as I could, was volunteering at as many events as I could possibly do. And that led me towards the creation of Aravipa. So growing up, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? I said a grocer, because that's what my dad did. He started his own business, though. He opened his own grocery store right out of college. He never worked for anyone else. So really, it wasn't necessarily I wanted to be a grocer. I wanted to work for myself. I just didn't know what that was. I didn't know what that passion would be until I found running and ultra running. And then I knew. And so it kind of, I didn't come up with this crazy business plan. I just volunteering at all these races. And I said for the local race directors, like, I'll do whatever you need. I would literally go for days sometimes and just help out at these different events and just for free, just, you know, got super involved and then one day, the um, director of Haveline 100, uh, Roger Rublick, who I had known quite well through across the years, he would that he would host across the years at his his property. Oh wow! And 
he had also purchased a hotel in Silverton, Colorado, the Wyman. And so he was like splitting his time between Colorado and Arizona. He was still trying to put on Havelina. And he, he knew I was getting more interested in potentially putting on my own event. Even I had talked with him about it and he's, he asked me, Hey, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do this. Do you want to take this race over? I was like, yeah, I do. And so to, I was after the 2007 Havelina hundred. That's when he asked me. And so I became the race director for 2008 and yeah, basically devoted myself to learning everything I could about race directing. I didn't know anything. I had never directed a race before. So I just, I studied it. I talked to different people. I looked at pictures from the previous year. I studied every little, I was like, where did they put the trash can or like where, you know, how did they set up the tables and like what, what was at the aid stations and all like all these little things I tried to kind of recreate it. So I would have a, a similar experience to what they had the year before and, um, pulled off the race that year. I think we had something like 150 people there, you know, very small race still sounded like a lot of people to me. I was like 22 years old at the time. So it was like, this is a big deal. And, uh, then kind of, ended up uh, like a year later coming up with the idea for Aravipa to put on local trail runs in all the different regional parks. So Havelina's held at McDowell Mountain Regional Park, and there's like six other regional parks in the area. And it was like, they didn't have any trail runs happening, like no organized trail runs. So that was the birth of Aravipa was to, it was really to get people to explore these other parks some of the people in that Wednesday morning running club group, they've been running trails in, you know, for 15 years and they had never been to Santan mountain regional park. They'd never set foot on those trails. And it was like crazy to me that they had never done that. So the goal was to create a trail race in each park to get people to explore the parks and to visit those parks. And so you're, and I guess you, it works. You stuck your, yeah, yeah, that's, that's for sure. I mean, you were sticking your neck out, right? I mean, you probably invested all the money that you had had at the time, if any, or t- took out a big loan and put everything into this. It sounds like 08 was kind of make or break for you, or it might have been 09. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, I had graduated from college in 2007, and then I worked for a tax accounting firm for nine months. I quit to hike the Arizona trail and then I never just never went back to my job or any never went back to the accounting profession. And so that was 2008 when I hiked and then I, I put on Havelina. So I had saved up money when I was working at the accounting firm, basically everything. Like I was just living like a college student Yeah. and I just, you know, I basically was running out of money in 2009. So that's when I was like, crap, I better, I need to make Aravipa. Or I need to go get a job and maybe go back to school, get my CPA license or something. So, um, I mean, I did, <laughs> I essentially kind of, I mean, I didn't really have any money to invest. I didn't have a way to get a loan. So I was just bootstrapping basically, yeah. you know, I, I didn't have much overhead as a person, didn't have a family, didn't have debt. Um, I was able to live cheaply sharing. I think I was living in like, an enclosed porch at the time, like sleeping on a mattress. Like, you know, I didn't, 
I was able to, and I inherited, a, you know, a little bit from Havelina. So I had a handful of supplies. I had that, that race. So like that race in 2008, um, I did derive a small amount of income from that. Um, but essentially I invested back into the company. So yeah, I used Havelina as a way to purchase a lot of supplies and some initial things. But man, I was, I was borrowing things from my parents. I was, I borrowed things from my boy scout troop for the first couple of races. Um, because I was an adult leader at the time. So I was like, I was borrowing stoves and some tables. So if you see early pictures of Aravipa races from 2010, you'll see like, there's probably troop 262 on some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like no doubt. Like I think we used the mess kits and everything. So yeah, it was, it was bootstrapping and it was working out of my parents' garage. And we just, we basically, I paid myself almost nothing and I would just pour everything back into the company from the first year of, of Aravipa. And so were you able to balance all of this? Were you blossoming as a runner, like finding time to train, but then also putting on all these growing events? I wouldn't say blossoming because I was getting a lot of injuries in the first couple of years that I ran ultras. I am pretty extreme person. So when I go into something, I go all in and, you know, I want to see how far I can push myself. So I was, I would just, you know, I ran a, what, a half marathon. I think I ran one marathon and then I just ran, went out and ran 55 miles and then I tried to go do a 24 hour and it went down in flames. So I had some major injuries throughout that period of time, like 2007, 2008, um, you know, or, or 2006, 2007, especially, but yeah, even beyond that, I think I finally started hitting my stride. 2009 was a good year for me. I won the Zangre 50 mile. Um, but yeah, it was up and down. It just kind of depended upon what I had going on. I think probably my best year was a few years later, more like 2012, 2013 had some definitely some better training blocks, hiring a coach and things like that. That's, that's fascinating. I mean, do you still feel that same excitement to run and to do a race like today now, as opposed to, I don't know, those good years? It's, I think it's different. I would love, I still want to get back to that place. It's just, there's, especially, I mean, right now, it's just, there's so much to do with the company that it's hard. And, and then, you know, having a son as well, it's like, it's hard to find the time to devote to it. I just don't have as much of that free time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that, you know, maybe part of me says, well, that's just an excuse. You should just get up at 4.30 a.m. and run. But, um, I mean, but yeah, back then when I had my peak training, I could kind of go run you know, at 10 AM and go for a four hour run every single day and still get in everything I needed to get done. And now it's like, I kind of feel guilty. Like, well, I should be working harder on my business or I should be spending more time with my son, not distracted by other things. And so that's something that it's just a reality. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, my goals as a runner now I've, I've kind of checked off a lot of my bucket list goals. You know, I've got to, I've been very fortunate and gotten to run some of the most iconic races in the world. 
and travel a ton to China, to Europe, to Central America, to um, Mexico, um, you know, all over the U.S., to Hawaii. Like, it's it's crazy. It's really like a dream. It's beyond a dream come true. And yeah, I think for me, I, I still have a burning fire for sure. And I get I can get pumped up about training. And like, yeah, at this point, I mean, Barkley of next year is going to be my goal um, for, for training for sure. But I'm going to use some training plans. And that's something I haven't done in a while. I think that might help keep me accountable. Do you, do you think you'll be doing hard rock this year? I know you got drawn, which in itself is amazing. Yeah. Um, do you, do you think that will take place? So, um, it's tough cause they canceled last year cause of the avalanche right. activity that happened, which was, it's hard enough. Um, and I actually, so my best hard rock ever was 2013, even though, I blew up at mile 40 and got sick for four hours. I, you know, I was in the best shape of my life going into that race. So what I've actually done is I pulled, I dusted off my training plan from that buildup and I was being coached by Ian Torrance. So I've gone into training peaks, which is an app I use for my training and I've backed in all those workouts. I think it's going to start next week is like the buildup. It's like a 16 or 17 week plan. So I'm going to train as if I'm in the race and I'm going to run. But if I had to be honest, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's on the chopping block right now with everything that's going on. Yeah. Especially the fact that both Western States just canceled, which is right before. And then like the next day, Angeles Crest 100 canceled and they're the day, like the week weekend or two after hard rock. I think they're right in this spot where, I mean, it's too early to tell, and I hope they hold out as long as they can and give yeah. it the best possible shot at taking place. But I don't know. I don't I don't think it looks good with everything that's going on, especially with just how small of an area the San Juans are and, like, bringing in, you know, hundreds of people from all over the world. Um, yeah. just depends how everything... Yeah. It might not be. Yeah. yeah. Like, to bring in that many people, like, like, imagine if... Like, there's just not as many like there's not big hospitals right there like in case like if people are getting sick it, it just it may not be the right call you know so yeah yeah i mean and you'll a lot of people will do whatever it takes to make that start line because that might be the only time their name gets pulled for the race so you oh, could have sure. people globally trying to to fly in and yeah it, it could be ugly but and it just may not even be possible because of all the travel, like if the travel yeah. restrictions are still in place a few months from now, yeah, people may not even be able to come. And then kind of like what was happening with Barkley where the field was cut in half because the internationals couldn't show up. And it just, it kind of just makes you sad. Like, great. Like I'm out here able to run, but it's not, I'm not running with the full joy of the experience because all these other people can't make it, you know? And that's, yeah, that's yeah. a sad, a sad thing for sure. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, the snow levels too, <laughs> it could just be all around <laughs> mess, but a lot we'll, of factors, we'll stay tuned, sure. um, for yeah. that. And it, it seems like you're, I mean, I, I love you explaining your personality is just extreme and going all in or nothing at all. Cause I couldn't relate more to that. I mean, what keeps drawing you to 
the most difficult races? Like, is there anything that actually intimidates you? Um, Barclay, Hard Rock, two of the hardest races available. I mean, what's drawing you to those? And then any kind of intimidation at all within running? I mean, honestly, I don't really quite know like why. <laughs> Sometimes I ask myself, like, why do I do this to myself? Why, why do I pick the hardest races? Why do I have something inside of me that just can't quit a race when I want to? Like, I just can't compel myself to do it. Um, I'm, I haven't quite figured that out. Um, what is intimidating to me? I don't know. Like, maybe more of the long road stuff, possibly, like a vol state. Yeah. Sounds kind of intimidating. Um, bad water a little bit. It just sounds painful <laughs> for pain. Re- like, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I couldn't but agree I think, more. <laughs> I think most, well, honestly, Tour de Jean is kind of, is definitely intimidates me a bit. Yeah. I think that just because of the stories I've heard of people when they come away from that race and they're messed up for months they can't run or they have some sort of a crazy injury that yeah. they can't come out of that. That sounds kind of crazy. And then just the thought of being caught in some of those storms that they have out there, like the, with just yeah. getting inches and inches of snow when you're imagine being 180 miles in and you're sleep deprived and it, it's dark. Like that definitely, I mean, I think in the moment I would, rise to the occasion for sure. And it would be an experience, but it definitely, um, it's something that seems outside my comfort zone in a way that I haven't experienced before. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, 80,000 feet, I think I could get through it, but it's, it's going to be days of pretty high pain level stuff there. Um, yeah. Seems pretty intense, but I want to do it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're sick people. Um, yeah. How how did running Tahoe 200 a few years ago kind of influence your decision making behind, you know, toying with the idea of a 2021, is it 250 mile race? I'm trying to recall. Yeah. Yeah. 250 miles. So yeah, Air Vipas, um, we're going to be organizing a 250 mile point to point ultra marathon here in Arizona. It's called the Cocodona 250, uh, which is a combination of Coconino and Sedona, the nice. word. Okay. Um, yeah, which is kind of the area it's in. It's in central Arizona. It starts on the Black Canyon Trail in Black Canyon City, and oh. it's going to finish in down and it's going to finish in downtown Flagstaff. Nice. It's going to run across multiple mountain ranges and canyons and all through Sedona. It's going to go literally through many different towns and historic cities in central Arizona. So you're going to run through the crown King saloon through on whiskey row in downtown Prescott. You're going to run across Fane ranch, which is a working cattle ranch over Mingus mountain into this really cool artist enclave, historic mining town called Jerome. It's on the side of a mountain through Arizona wine country, Cottonwood, Clarkdale, um, Sedona, and on up. So it's this incredibly diverse tour of central Arizona. And yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I had kind of been toying around the idea of putting on something epic and historic and longer for many years. 
just kind of seeing some of these other incredible races that have been popping up around the world. And I think, you know, me running Tahoe 200 was giving me, I think a little bit of street cred on organizing something like this. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a little naive and maybe even inappropriate for me to be like, yeah, Hey, come run 250 miles. This in- epic course. If I hadn't done something myself first, and also just to experience something firsthand, yeah. you know, what is it even like running 200 miles plus? Like I didn't know having only done a hundred before. So I think for me, it would, it was just to me, put myself through the gauntlet first is really yeah. one of the main reasons I did it, but it was more. an incredible, yeah. it was an incredible experience. I mean, I learned a lot about myself and like how my body could keep going. That was pretty incredible to me and just i mean it's such a beautiful area out there um to do a loop around all of tahoe just i mean it's definitely a fond memory i can look back upon yeah i mean you crushed it i mean honestly you probably did it 24 hours faster than i did it i mean um top five overall like it's pretty unbelievable so I'm I'm excited to look more into your race that you have planned next year and I wouldn't be shocked, man, Candace Burt, there you go. I mean, depending on the timing, when what part of year what part of the year are you planning on putting that on? So it's gonna be May third through the eighth of twenty twenty one. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah, um, we're just right now, um, we're wrapping up um wrapping up permits, we're just dialing in a couple like private landowner issues. There's some ranches that are out there and some like private mining property that, you know, it, it's hard to get permission for even reach some of these people. Like some of them, they won't answer their phone. We've had to write letters and like mail letters to them yeah, to get a response. And then we get the response back and it's no, it's like a hard no, not a, Hey, can we do, can we like work this out or like yeah. in some way find a solution? It's like, no. It's like, okay, back to the drawing board. Is it like how do we blood or anything? Like, God. I think, I mean, I get it. I get it from their perspective. Like they've had vandalism, like people coming up to their property and like messing with their stuff, just the general public. So they don't want, you know, a couple hundred runners coming through there. So I get it. And it's their full right. It's their property. Um, Because it's it's, basically, it's like a, 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 a forest road goes right through their property, you know, on the south, on the, before you get into it, it's like BLM Bureau of land management owns it. And then right after it's forest land. So there's kind of, the road goes right through. It's kind of this, you'd think there'd be a public right of way, but I don't know with the way land law works, sometimes that's just not the case. So, Hmm. you know, fortunately there's enough roads out there and there's enough property owners that are cool and they're they want to work with us that we're you know we're gonna find a way through <laughs> yeah yeah that's interesting uh i i mean i'm i'm excited for it i think kudos to you to get out there and and do a 200 to feel it yourself recently and kind of think through how that you know influences your decision making as the rd or you know helping the rd so I, I think it's awesome that you're doing that. 
And it's a massive undertaking. Like the, it's hard to wrap your head around a point to point 250 mile race. It's, I think it's really going to test us and take all of our resources as a company, um, which is part of the reason why I also want to do it. I like, I like to challenge us as an organization also. Um, but I think we're ready, we're ready for it. You know, everything we've been doing for the past 10 years is built up towards, you know, creating in my opinion, the most iconic, like long distance foot race in America. So that's what we're going to aim to put on. I, I think, I mean, I've, I've tried to kind of give a peek behind the curtain of these stupid long distances that hopefully takes the intimidation level down a little bit. Once people see that actually like running, running a hundred miler sometimes can be arguably harder than a 200 just because your pace is different and, uh, you know, the aid station, sleep tents, all that's totally different game, but yeah, I'm excited to check it out. So I'm going to shift gears and I appreciate all your time here. I know you're super busy. Um, I'm going to throw some sort of random questions at you, but how long have you been a vegan for and kind of how did, how did that begin for you? Was it running related or, or what got you into uh, that diet? I think it's been about 10 years. I honestly don't remember the year cause it's been so long, but I think it was around 2010. And for me, it was, believe it or not, it's kind of an ethical issue, uh, with the animals. So yeah, I think just learning more about them and just the process and everything. I think for me, just like the process of like the animals being killed, you know, that's a, I mean, obviously humans have done that for a long time for survival and, and I get that, but I think a vast majority of us in society, um, who consume animal products were so distanced from the fact that it was an animal from the fact that the animal, someone has to kill the animal for you to be able to eat that, that meat. Um, or like the, just the things that happen even to animals in for dairy and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, Factory farming. So ugly. I just, you know, I told myself, like, if I'm going to eat meat or eat an animal, like the next time I do it, I made a decision I was going to have to kill it so that I'm part of that process and that I can know what that's like for the animal. And I have to just, and I think that there is a way to find peace with that. I'm not saying that it's outright wrong. I think people maybe who hunt like bow hunt or something like they kind of understand and even you know the native americans they would even i know do blessings and things but just being connected with nature in that way i think is important to at least think about and for me personally that was just a line i drew for myself that next time i eat animal i'm gonna have to to take its life and process it and and learn that and i just haven't done that yet that's Not fa- to say I won't, who knows, yeah. but I just haven't done it yet and not opposed to doing it, but, um, I haven't needed to do it. I've had, you know, my health has been, been great and I felt great with a vegan diet. And to me, it's just become a normal lifestyle for myself and it works for me for now. So I'm going to keep doing it. So do you meditate at all? 
do you meditate while you run or are you constantly thinking? And then outside of running, do you meditate at all? I don't have a meditation um, regiment or anything. I think the closest I come is probably just out on the trails by myself. I would say that's probably the closest thing that comes to meditation where I think the most and yeah, my mind just goes wild. Do you like video more than photography? Do you do photography? I mean, I thought I saw you at Western States photographing me in the boat. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, do you like, do you like photos, video, um, kind of, have you always been creative? Cause you're also numbers, you know, like with some of the accounting background. Um, I'm just wondering about that. Yeah. So I, I, I'm primarily video. I enjoy video a lot. I think that is my preferred medium for creativity. I love making films. I love eliciting emotional reactions out of people, whether that's laughter or, um, even tugging at their heartstrings. Like I love doing that. Um, I think that is, it's like, it is kind of an art form to be able to produce something like that. And I, I strive for that. Um, photography, I'm getting more into it recently in the last year. I've been enjoying that as well. Actually, just the other day I was doing, essentially doing product photography with the Aravipa Strong Awards. So I'm, I'm like taping buckles so it stands up straight and like hanging metals from the ceiling. And it was really, and lighting it properly. It was kind of fun. So I, I think I love challenging myself in new ways um, and being creative is just um, really a fun exercise for me. Um, have I always been creative? I don't, I don't believe so. I mean, maybe my parents would shed more light on it. I always felt like I wasn't creative or didn't have a creative outlet. I was more pushed into, I think, the numbers and business and accounting type of a career path. So I think I didn't really explore the, like the creative arts, but I think that's shifted a lot. And I think I'm much more of a creative person than I thought I was. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I know we're both pretty extreme personalities. How do you judge when, when to be sort of impulsive in terms of like acting on your instincts, as opposed to this is probably a horrible idea that, I, you know, people don't need to know about this race idea that I'm having. Do you, how do you balance that out? Because I've, I personally try to act on instinct, but then a lot of times that can be seen as like being impulsive. Yeah, I'm probably not great at not being impulsive. I think I just <laughs> do a lot of stuff. Um, and like, yeah, not all my ideas are, are good and not all of them end up happening, but I think, what's the worst I, I mean, idea that you've come up oh, with? <laughs> any, oh my God. Any like horrible race ideas or video ideas or something? I'm trying to think, I don't know anything offhand. I'd probably have to think about it for a little bit. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know offhand. I'd have to think about it. Maybe something will come to me. I mean, you have like a entrepreneurial, like startup type mentality to you. So I love it. Um, tell me uh, the pizza idea. Like how's that restaurant doing? Um, 
because it is a lot of uh, restaurants are getting hammered right now. Uh, how is and remind me of your pizza company's name? I'm sorry. Yeah, Freak Brothers Pizza. How is Freak Brothers doing? Can people order it? Um, you know, online and have delivery. Tell me how the pizza company's doing. Yeah, so I mean, we've been hit hard for sure. So we half of our business is mobile events. <laughs> surprise, oh surprise. Yeah, and then half is um, a physical location in downtown Phoenix, but it's also part of a public gathering space where yeah. a lot of events are also held. So um, there's like two bars and three restaurants in this little complex made out of shipping containers. So our yeah, we were even at spring training games this just not too long ago here in Phoenix. So, you know, they canceled that season and then they it was a domino effect. It was all events were canceled and then all the private caterings at the Churchill, which is the place we're in, were canceled. And then they had to shut down the space. So right now um, we had to essentially lay off all of our hourly staff. We've just got three guys, including my brother that are working the shop. We're open for delivery and takeout. And I mean, actually not doing awful um, right now. They're actually the, the takeout and deliveries are up from normal. It's still not making up for the whole place being closed, but yeah, I think just my brother's been on social media every day and, and really trying to pump it up and we've been making videos yeah. and just trying to get the word out and, use this time just kind of like Aravipa to focus on other pieces that we've not had time to focus on. And so hopefully whenever things kind of return to somewhat normalcy, hopefully we'll be stronger for it in the end. Yeah. But it's definitely, it's it's tough on our hourly people, you know, because we've essentially had to lay them off and that's, that's hard. Well, if you're listening and you're in the area, dinner idea for you, lunch idea, get it delivered. I mean, hopefully you guys can come up with a Freak Brothers kind of pizza run or something to that effect. Um, <laughs> That'd be fun. But yeah. Well, actually, I will tell a quick story that is just kind of cool. Um, someone in the running community actually donated money, like PayPal'd us a bunch of money and said, I want you to make as many pizzas as you can for a local hospital. Oh, that's awesome. And so he just donated it. So sometime this week, I think we're going to make 50 pizzas and just don't like walk into Good Samaritan Hospital and just donate them, which is like, I was like, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy two additional pizzas. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, that's unbelievable. That's really cool. Wow. Um, trying to think of some other questions here. I mean, what if you could just fly out, let's say all flights are available, where, where would you run? What is your favorite trail of all times? Oh man. I mean, I would probably go back, maybe go back to Andorra and and do a loop around there. (laughs) Nice. That was some incredible country. And I, be, just being there for only a few days and running the Ronda Del Sims, I feel like I didn't even capture, get to see all of it in the right state of mind. I would probably go there. Or I've always wanted to go to Reunion Island. Um, the race down there sounds awesome. Where, What trail did you suffer on the most? 
looking back, is there one point where was it that hard rock point or like where did you suffer the most ever on like a one mile segment of trail? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, probably during 2013 hard rock up on Handy's peak, I don't think I've ever suffered more than there. I, I started throwing up on the climb up to Handy's and I probably spent three, I don't even know how long, I don't even remember how long it takes to go up and over Handy's. If you're feeling good, it might take two hours. And I think it took me four. (laughs) Um, I couldn't go more than 20 feet without throwing up. And I had already thrown up everything. There was nothing left inside of me. It was, uh, it was bad. That's crazy. Um, so last question here. Um, and I'm dropping the ball here, trying to think out loud. Um, mountain outpost, tell me more. I mean, are there days or weeks, I guess, cause you put it out every week for how long is, has this been years? Yeah. So 188 episodes. I think I've skipped two weeks now. One was we were moving our whole company and one I think was Barkley training week or something. Um, but yeah, 188 episodes. I mean, are you getting to the point where you're as excited doing these episodes or is it become monotonous or like, is the news constantly changing and you're getting such positive feedback that you love it? Because I have to say, you're the only person in the entire world doing this, you know, as well as you're doing it. And you're baby, you're basically able to synthesize down a whole week of global ultra running into sometimes a 10 minute segment. I think it's unbelievable. It adds a lot of value to our community. I appreciate it. Are you burnt out on it or are you still going strong or? <laughs> Uh, I've definitely become burnt out at times and very frustrated. It is the biggest elephant in the room for my week, week to week. And it, you know, when people get writer's block, which I think happens, it happens to me almost every week, you know, it, it's tough. And, but I like, I have to do it. So I have to somehow, and sometimes it takes me two days longer than I'd like to actually sit down and script the show and to film it. Um, I just did this week's show and it's what Sunday, which mm-hmm. is like incredibly late, but it'll probably, it might even get out on Monday, which is, I mean, weeks don't really matter anymore. I feel like in this day and age, cause no one knows what we're all kind of on a weird anyways. schedule, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're going to, yeah, we're going to keep it going. And I think I get, once I actually sit down and film it, I, I love it. And once it gets out there, I really, I know how valuable it is. And I think, Honestly, I think it's more important than ever right now. And it's funny because you'd think with all of the race cancellations, it's like, well, what is there to talk about in the running world? And I've, the, the last two weeks, I think there's more running stories than I've ever tried to cover. Like, I can't even fit them all in the show. Wow. Just with everything that's going on, you know, there's just the, the updates on, you know, jogging being banned in Italy to people running you know, garden marathons in their backyard to FKT attempts. Like there's just so much happening. And yeah, I do feel a sense of duty to report the news and to keep people informed and to synthesize, you know, on video format and in audio format, the news for people to consume and stay up to date. I think it's incredibly important. And I do take it 
seriously. Um, I still want to have fun with it, but yeah, I'm, I, I don't, it's not, it's something that's like a non-negotiable for me. I'm going to do it every week, no matter what. Like I will literally, like I, I like let go other parts of my life. Like I won't go hang out with people or like, I will not go run so that I get this done. <laughs> even if it comes out on Sunday. Well, I, I mean, I don't speak for the ultra running community, but I, I know you're adding value and I know it's appreciated by thousands of people. And so I, I know you've heard it a lot, but you know, it's much appreciated and I know your races, you know, give some, someone something to look forward to for months to train for. I know races have changed my life. So keep up all the awesome efforts, your staff, crew, pizza company, everything you're doing is amazing. And it's, this is a difficult time, but we're going to get through it. We have no other choice. Um, but yeah, if you need anything, feel free to let me know. And yeah, I'll give the uh, listeners some details on how I'll give away two race entries. And this is going to be quick so that everyone else can sign up for it. It's 50 bucks. I mean, Sounds like you're getting a race medal and shirt, and it'll give you, most importantly, motivation, inspiration to work towards something and do it safely, obviously. But Jamil, where, where can people follow you on social media? I know you're hurting for followers, so I need to make sure to <laughs> yeah. help you out. Well, first off, Rob, I appreciate all that, and it really it definitely helps to hear people get a lot out of the news show. Um, that That increases my motivation to keep it going, so I appreciate that. Um, yeah, if you want to follow, I mean, I'm at Jamil Curry on most social media platforms. You can follow me there. And PayPal this guy some extra cash for pizzas for the local hospitals. That's an <laughs> we awesome will, idea. Honestly, I mean, if, I love that yeah, idea. I mean, if, it's really cool. If, if yeah, if people are listening, if if you guys want to donate money, um, it'll help our staff and it will help get pizza to the hospitals. I mean, yeah, freakbrotherspizza at gmail.com. You can paypal some money and we will add it to the uh buy some pizza count buy some pizzas for the staff buy some pizzas for jameel uh, you're probably sick of pizza but yeah thank you oh, so I, much no never no. Love it. <laughs> thanks for all your time and i'm sure i'll see you in person you know at, at one of your races here shortly so stay strong and, and thanks again for taking your time awesome thanks rob and that was episode 130. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thank you to Jamil for taking so much of his time, being so open and honest about, you know, things that he's going through, things that his companies are going through. It's tough, but I like how optimistic he is, and I know we will all get through this. Check out Air Viper Strong. I'll leave a link in the show notes. But big thank you to Jamil again. Big thank you to Patreon supporters. You guys are going to be in for potentially winning two race entries that I'll give away within the next two days. So for anyone that's pledging a dollar or more, you're going to be up for this giveaway. And this is just me trying to support Aravipa, but then also saying thank you guys for supporting the podcast. And that reminds me, big thank you to Kogala Lights. If you haven't checked them out, Check out the show notes for a link and a coupon code. Same with Exoskin. Croy and, and his team are, are putting out some awesome products. So check that out. Big thank you to Hammer Nutrition. And big thank you to Destination Trail. Have a great week. 
Enjoy your training.